Okay, well, welcome world. Uh, I have the pleasure here of being today with Brian Fields and Kellen. Oh my God, Kellen. Is it Finney or Finney? Finney is right, yeah. Finney. Okay, cool. I love it. Uh, and Brian and Kellen are the co-founders of the Eighth, Revol Eighth Revolution. And um, can one of you guys just jump in and just tell us like a little, you know, overview of what, what the Eighth Revolution is and when you guys were founded? Kellen, do you want to take that? No, nah, go ahead, Brian. You got this. So Eighth Revolution was, I guess, officially founded um, maybe August was the date we were just kicking around of last year. And prior to that, Kellen and I had different experiences in the space. For me, I was in quality control instrumentation. I was doing business development and tasks with bringing sensors, real-time analytical sensors to the cannabis space for developing process control. And through my experience of the various trade shows, I linked up with Kellen post his conversation at MJ Biz for the Science Symposium. Through that, we saw very quickly that him and I had a very unique perspective on the way the industry was going and the need to do things, quote unquote, different than the red tape standards that most organizations and the one I had previously worked at operated with. Sometimes in larger companies, there's all these struggles of making flexible decisions and radical changes very quickly but that's what's necessary here in this space. And Kellen and I saw the need and the value that we could bring to the industry by doing our part to help the industry move forward and kind of linked up and just hit it off from, from right away, I would guess. What, what do you think about that, Kellen? Yeah, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that kind of makes sense, like, you know, where you guys say you take a scientific and data-driven approach, and that comes from both of your respective worlds prior to day of re revolution and um congratulations on one year by the way it's not it's not i know the first year uh in the space is always a very interesting road uh so i tip my hat to you guys congratulations i, I appreciate it. i was joking about that the other day it's it's not everyone does a startup in a federally illegal company <laughs> during a global pandemic so uh oh, you know man. that's a that's a that's a tough first year but you know we got that out of the way and um, I think it, it made us more resilient and it helped us deal with the flexibility and the changes of the industry even faster. COVID is just another unfortunate, uh, unfortunate obstacle in the road that we just had to continue to figure out how to solve. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, again, I tip my hat to you guys because it has been a crazy road and I, I totally feel you. It's been, you know, it's my whole life, you know, being from New Jersey, you're told, you know, weed's the devil and you know, you can get, get in so much trouble for cannabis and, uh, you know, it was getting judged by parents, friends. And, um, you know, I never thought at one point I'd be starting my own business in, in the cannabis space when my whole life I was told it was, you know, such a the wrong route to take. And um, yeah, it's cool. And yeah, I've been kind of looking into what you guys have going on. So I'm excited to kind of expose the story a bit more. Um, but let's, let's just take a step back here. Um, and Brian, we can, we can start with you. Um, I just kind of want to learn a little bit more about your story because one thing that I like to highlight is just everyone that I've that's crossed my path in this space uh, and I've been in the cannabis space for about six years now 
um, everyone just has their own story and reason and passion of, you know, why they got into it. Um, so I just wanted to start this off with, you know, Brian, um, you know, where, where are you from? Um, and, you know, what's, what, tell us a little bit more about your education. Um, and also kind of, I also love to ask, when was the first time that you smoked cannabis? Sure. So um, I'm in Long Island, New York, right outside New York City. And my background is in management and strategic planning, where I went to a school outside of uh, Baltimore, Towson University. Nice. And outside of that, I kind of meddled around with a bunch of different jobs and a bunch of different industries, just not really finding something that kind of allowed me to, to, to bring my energy and passion, which is kind of helping others succeed in, in certain areas. Um, I kind of danced around for a little bit in event planning and in sports management and athlete representation. So I've got a diverse kind of industry background. And, and I think they've all helped me prepare for my role here, which is extremely diverse in our flexibility and our offerings. And um, I linked up with my old company, which I worked at for about six and a half years. I started in the marketing department, kind of built a department underneath me. And from there, I was graduated to the business development and sales role, and then took on a secondary education as a digital entrepreneurship from an online university, Strayer University, which was one of the, the first ones to be offered in a, in a unique, flexible way, taught by uh, John Steinberg, the former founder of BuzzFeed, who I think has got a successful exit to Altria, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe so, too. Yeah, so... so <laughs> And I saw, I, I feel like I just saw that recently there's, there's something pop up. Yeah, he, he, he really inspired me to kind of communicate my aggressive, rebellious, uh, air quotes, take on, on challenging status quo. The, the old company I worked at handled things successfully and they were not really willing to, to change and improve. And I think one of both of our core principles is that if there's ways to do things better, we're going to do it that way. And we're going to continue to evolve and push ourselves to improve every single day, personally and professionally. And I think you can see from what we've been able to accomplish in one year, the diverse accomplishments and the, the flexibility and the nature dealing with the various um, situations around the world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and prior, was there a particular, like before you um, got involved in the eighth revolution, was there a particular industry that you that you specialized in or it was more marketing for quality control instrumentation so we had yeah. large companies in semiconductor in oil and gas and a lot of it was predicated based on b2b marketing and sales skills so i built out digital funnels with automated processes to ensure that when leads came through that they were uh, aggressively or sometimes um, passively kind of nurtured through like a drip campaign so that the clients were receiving value across the way all the way through the long lead cycle, which would be kind of the sales cycle would be roughly nine to 18 months per project. And there's a lot of steps that go on throughout that process and it's daunting, but we, yeah. we work to overcomplish that with, by adding value continuously and, and to understanding what problems and pains the clients had and then providing value to assure them that we were check those boxes to help make their life easier. That's awesome. And that's cool that you're, you're applying that to um, th this industry because it's, it's so needed. <laughs> um, um, especially the, the, the approach and the experience that you have. Um, I guess my next question here, um, I, you know, I've read about 
um, some questionable Spotify playlists from your end. Um, that kind of leads me into, you know, your relationship with cannabis. Was there a particular time in life where, you know, cannabis was introduced to you or it dawned on you that um, you wanted to get involved in the industry or can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So my relationship with cannabis is, is uh, normal for, for me. It, it has its ups and its downs, but through the good times and the bad, we've always stuck together. Uh, <laughs> the first time I consumed cannabis was a little later than most. I think I was in the 10th grade and I was in Jamaica on a cruise. Uh, I was there with my, my cousin and my brother and we were in a taxi. And that was the first time that I ever saw just an enormous freezer bag full of cannabis and figured this was the ideal time to, to consume. And from there, it was uh, on and off love-hate through, through the good times and the bad, uh, definitely tons of good. And um, recently, I'm more into the, the two-to-one CBD THC edibles that I really, really enjoy. It kind of balances me out and kind of energizes me and gives me that fun, dynamic feeling and laughable one that I'm always looking for. Totally. Yeah, I'm I'm finding <laughs> I'm finding that as I'm getting older here, I also am loving those two to one, three to one CBD. The THC edibles are like such a such a little blessing. Yeah, because um, awesome. you think of edibles, you know, back in the day, uh, you, you didn't really know what you were getting. <laughs> it was like, yeah. you know, sometimes you're just having like complete panic attacks or think someone drugged you on some crazy drug that wasn't cannabis or something. So, right. Uh, <laughs> I've had, I've had those thoughts even when I was the one making the, the brownies. Same here. Same here. <laughs> so, um, cool. Thanks so much, Brian. I really appreciate it. And, uh, Kellen, um, same, same with you, you know, just kind of want to pick apart the story a little bit more, uh, you know, like, you know, where are you from? Um, you know, where'd you go to school and what, what were you doing? Uh, prior to um, Eighth Revolution? Yeah, so I grew up in a really small ski town in Colorado um, called Crestview, Colorado. So um, nice. Ski yeah, town. I heard you're right by me and I'm, you're right outside Denver, huh? Yeah, totally. It's like three hours southwest of Denver. So it's kind of like a destination resort. It's a little mm -hmm. bit outside of like the I 70 corridor where like Breck and Vale and all those mountains are, right? Yeah. Um, off the beaten path, right? So. Um, very blessed I was able to grow up there um, super awesome grew up skiing and everything and then small town in Colorado I was like well I got to get out of this town and everyone in my high school went to either CU or CSU so I decided to go to college in Arizona um, so I went to Northern Arizona University uh, it's in Flagstaff Arizona really similar there's a mountain and everything so I kind of got that same vibe and I studied uh, biochemistry and chemistry as an undergrad um, and then I was able to do some analytical research during my undergrad time for the Native American Cancer Prevention Grant. Um, got me involved in high-end scientific research and inquiry of that, from, of that nature. I did uranium and plutonium analysis for that grant. Um, and then kind of used that to pursue higher education. So then I went and got a, a master's in metabolic and chemical engineering. Um, I collaborated with uh, Los Alamos National Lab on um, a project where we took bacteria and we gave it blueprints to make a molecule called adipic acid. And long story short is adipic acid is used to make nylon and it's currently derived from petroleum. And as an alternative to fossil fuels, um, metabolic engineering was employed to have E. coli make the same chemical, but instead of from petroleum, we were providing sugar, which is a renewable resource. So really wow. cool project. Um, yeah, that's it's awesome. 
I graduated from grad school in 2014 and then moved back to Colorado just because I was like, that's where my heart's at. And turns out Colorado does not have a very strong science sector, right? And so uh, struggled finding a job in the science industry, ended up uh, living in Denver with my buddy and just needed some work. So uh, ended up selling makeup on the street, which was <laughs> an interesting time, you know? Um, yeah. yeah probably a lot about sales skills and talking to people, which was definitely a very good skill set to have after kind of being locked in a lab for six years, you know? For sure. Um, <laughs> a little fast forward on the social development skills there. And so, <laughs> yeah. Um, my brother had a family friend actually uh, out in California who had been in the cannabis game for quite some time. And then he had just recently pivoted to the medical market, right? So he had a medical cannabis license in California to manufacture concentrates, right? So he needed a scientist. Um, he brought in a consulting firm and they said, you need a scientist before we'll do anything with you. And just kind of serendipitously, uh, my brother connected us and it was my first real job outside of grad school was um, I joined the cannabis industry out in California in 2015 and uh, kind of was the lead scientist for a CO2 extraction company is what we specialized in right and so um, CO2 extraction and post-processing into like the distillate vape pen world and um, yeah that's yeah it's a whole that's a it is a world in itself totally right <laughs> and so um, I was out there and it, during the time it was really interesting because like, you know, I'm from like traditional academia and I'm like, okay, well like let's distill this molecule. Like I'll just go look up the boiling point and we'll do some calculations. And turns out that that's not a public, it wasn't public information when I started. Right. So yeah, the boiling point wasn't there. So it was like pretty exciting. Right. From like a scientific perspective, because you're just starting from scratch pioneering work. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Could be the first person to try this on this plant or try this on this molecule so that kind of like really got me excited about the work and i was really passionate about it for the first couple years and then um you know once you kind of figure things out and put in standard operating pr protocols it kind of takes the excitement away and then um, we moved into we were originally in chico and the county there just wasn't super friendly um to cannabis if you will it's a big ag Ag County, right? Butte County is. Yeah. So we ended up moving up to Arcata, California, which is in Humboldt, which is a lot friendlier, if you will, <laughs> towards cannabis, right? The Emerald oh. Triangle. <laughs> um, and we had a spot in the MIZ zone. We were one of the first licensed facilities there. So um, the MIZ zone was the marijuana innovation zone for these kind of cannabis companies. And it was a big industrial park that they designed. Really, really cool. Um, we were one of the first facilities there. And then it just kind of got to the point where I kind of hit a ceiling and I was doing more managing of people and less science and kind of there wasn't that excitement anymore. It kind of just turned into like your standard nine to five job. And so, and the company wanted to kind of just maintain themselves as like a smaller mom and pa kind of organization, which yeah. I don't blame them, right? And so... I then decided to leave that um, position and I took another position up in Washington with a vertically integrated company, right? So they were the largest, one of the largest outdoor cultivation companies in Washington. I think they are probably the largest one now. Um, the company was called LeafWorks. Um, oh yeah, I feel like I've heard of them before. Yeah, it's a, it's a, they're, I mean, they're huge in Washington. They're, I think they grew 50 acres this year outdoors. So. Jeez. 
yeah, like 75,000 pounds, I think is what they're going to bring down. They brought down 50,000 last year when I was there in 2018. I mean, I personally oversaw the extraction of 15,000 pounds. So it's just a completely different scale and completely different ball game, right? And so I was there for about uh, 10 months and then was asked to speak at um, MJ BizCon on extraction, which is when me and Brian kind of got in touch. And then um, I was kind of just uh, ready to control my own destiny, if that makes sense, and like kind of go out on my own and, you know, start a company and everything and kind of use MJ BizCon to start just this original kind of single man consulting operation I was going to do. And serendipitously, I had the, I'd been in business for, I think, two weeks, and then I met Brian. So <laughs> he was oh, like, wow. right? Yeah, so it was pretty cool. And we kind of just, over the course of the next three or four months, we like chatted about it and figured out there's a lot of synergy and just we get along really well. And we bring really diverse skill sets to the table, which is super beneficial. You know, it's always good to not surround yourself with yes men, right? And so- totally that's totally how eighth revolution was born. And we kind of chatted and um, his experience is exactly where I saw the industry going as well. So like from the future of where we believe the industry going, we, we saw it identically in terms of process analytical technology. And a lot of these uh, sensors are going to be needed, especially on the extraction side, because it is just a giant chemical refining process. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of how we started eighth revolution and spent some time like forming it and all those things. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how it all came to be. And then as far as my experience with cannabis, um, uh, the first time I uh, partake in cannabis or consumed cannabis was in 10th grade as well. Um, it's pretty funny though. We I was Colorado, I was out in the woods in a Bronco. And, uh, the first time I, uh, <laughs> first time I consumed cannabis, I blew the bowl. So it was, I was not the most popular guy in the car at the time. <laughs> yeah. You got a little made fun of there. Yeah. <laughs> totally so um it's gotten better since then so <laughs> um, but um oh, yeah i mean I, awesome. I definitely i actively consumed cannabis in college right i think a lot of people did and uh yeah then it was just like it's a completely different ball game when you go from like it being a scarce commodity that you have to like be weird about talking to people about to like being just thrown into the emerald triangle where i saw more cannabis than I ever thought existed and I was like, yeah in one place exactly totally, I, it totally just like it completely changed my flavor right and so like I consumed way more cannabis before I worked in the cannabis industry and then once I started working in the cannabis industry my consumption just kind of fell off a cliff you know what I mean yeah yeah so are, are you still is there like um no I, I still formula you like I'm, I'm more on like the edible side and yeah the vape pen thing is kind of weird for me. Dabs, I, I just don't partake in those just because being a part of manufacturing them for a really long time, it's just like, for me, that just it's just too much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just way too concentrated for me. And there's a lot of people that function fine on dabs. You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, like, everyone's different. Yeah, thing. I feel like it's crazy. Right, but like, I don't know. I'm, it's just personally, like, if I have to use a blowtorch to consume something, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's yeah, I'm just a big where I draw the line, you know. I, I usually use like if I do ever do concentrates, it's typically through like one of the they they have like these little terp sticks and dab tools that you just put into the little dab jar thing. Um, it's a little, it seems safer, and I definitely don't seem to get as uh, critically stoned um, <laughs> like I would if like you're you're using the dab rig with the torch and stuff. It just totally like first time I took a dab, I think I like had to lay down 
Oh yeah. Watch yeah. the room spin for like 30 minutes. I was like, what was that? Yeah. It's like doing hallucinogens or something. Your first time you do a dab. I feel like I remember the first time I saw someone doing dabs. I was like, what are you guys doing? Like just looked like such a like aggressive move, you know? So um, it's like, like the gravity bong in college, right? Like cutting the, yeah. the milk carton and going for it and be like, this'll be fine. <laughs> and then, yeah you like regret it after yeah i know it's funny we have a, a new client who's, who makes like who like repurposes glass and like a, there's grab bongs in his repertoire and uh, we've, we've done some photo shoots and um typically the, in a cannabis photo shoot like everyone just ends up getting too stoned and then like the photographers end up being the models because like no <laughs> one can do it anymore um, so it's pretty funny um so so leading back to um that mj biz conference that seems like a very critical point um i was at that one in 2019 and i, I met so many long-term have so many long-term relationships from that as well um brian so did you like did you see um him at speak on at his panel or is that, is that kind of how the conversation started yeah so it was 2018 kellen was that the right yeah. year so it was yeah. 2018 and okay, yeah. prior to prior to going out there, I had handled it like most of my other sales inquiries. I wanted to to get in touch with all the speakers. So I had cold, I'd cold messaged all the speakers and I had gotten Kellen on the phone and we had collaborated and, and could feel like a, a sense of understanding that we, we both wanted to 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 change the industry, which was something that didn't feel the same as some of the other speakers that I had spoken with. And then um, after the the talk in 2018, I went up to him after and just introduced myself, right? We had spoken on the phone like I did with everyone else and just wanted to to kind of chat. And, and then we just kind of just continued kind of speaking um, after that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, you know, that, that conference has turned into such its own monster. Um, but, you know, I feel like that's like the foundational aspect of it is, you know, meetings like, like, your, like yours. Um, and yeah, that's awesome. That, that, that's how it kind of came to life. Um, so tell me, so is there any, I know you guys mentioned you like, I know when we spoke earlier, Brian, you mentioned you have a lot of clients in the West coast. Um, are there any projects in particular, uh, that you guys are working on that you're really excited about that you, you don't mind sharing? And, uh, if so, maybe, you know, expand on those a little bit more. Sure. So I think for our, our standpoint, um, the projects I think that we're most proud about, there's, there's two facing. There's the ones with the clients that I think internally, Kellen and I are, are most proud and, and Kellen, let me know if you think differently that our original business offerings of, of handling, you know, this portion of the, the supply chain post cultivation was our original business plan focus. But I think what I'm most proud about is the fact that our clients are all referrals from successful clients and they're all in various areas. So for example, we've introduced clients to help raise them funds. We've redone their pitch deck. We've helped them develop out a brand strategy. We've optimized their process. We've made recommendations to help remove pesticides from extraction. There's, there's so many different various ways that we've helped out. In. And I think for me, it's just the fact that we've been recommended through word of mouth through so many different successful clients and that's been the, the the part that i'm most excited about is the fact that people have been enthused with the the results that we've delivered and have aggressively passed on our name to to others in the space that's awesome yeah that's great when you have yeah because it's just it, when you have referrals from people that just trust others you know it's the best way and typically it's like 
those referrals are like almost a filter, you know, for you. It's like, oh, well, this person's a good person. So most likely they're yep. introducing me to a, another good person because, yeah, this, it, this space is definitely pretty interesting. Uh, there's some unique characters out there and I, I definitely have been uh, been tricked a few times in regards to- A lot to of riffraff. <laughs> a lot of riffraff. A lot of riffraff, exactly. So uh, that, that's good to hear that you, that you guys, that, that that's happening for you. Um, what, what would you, is, so it's, it's kind of like what you're providing um, your current, you know, client base. It's, it's kind of, it seems like it's a really big mix of solutions that you guys are kind of customizing for each client, it seems like. Yep. Yeah, I, I think, think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think each client has different needs. And sometimes when we're receiving a call for them, their needs and, and pains are immediate and they're not sure where to go or how to alleviate this problem because most of the time when we're called upon, it's really crucial, urgent times. And, and we pride ourselves on being extremely flexible and working with the client to understand exactly what their needs are and then figuring out the best path forward to alleviate those pains so that they can get back to, to improving and doing what they do best. Yeah. And that's awesome. I, I know so many brands that need that too. And it sounds like we have some synergies too, that we should probably explore Absolutely. Uh, after, after the podcast releases. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, just, um, well, one other thing that I want to say, Oh yeah, for add, sure. Please do to add to all of that is that I think the other thing that we really pride ourselves in is like, so being around the block in the industry and watching all these facilities be built and kind of helping build all these facilities. I've just seen so many mistakes and just like the riffraff is kind of on both sides of the industry, right? Like you can kind of see a lot of like these companies that are looking to kind of offload products. It's almost like they smell blood in the water, right? So like it's sharks and they smell blood in the water and they're coming in and selling all of these people that just went out and raised money. They're selling them tools that they probably don't need or like are just going to turn into giant paperweights. So yep. like one client in particular, we came in and they had just purchased, I think, a $350,000 extractor from China. And they're like, can you help us set this up? And it was like, you guys have no idea how bad of a piece of equipment this is. It's not even designed to do what they say to do. And so like being able to kind of come in and help companies that would have never even got off the ground, get off the ground, I think is something that is huge for, for me and Brian um, in terms yeah. of being able to get. Yeah, it is huge. Yeah, because I, I hear that those nightmare stories happen to clients all the time. I mean, a lot of times by the time people cross our paths with, you know, branding, marketing and all that, you know, they've already been screwed for a full year <laughs> by multiple people before they've reached our path. And then, you know, similar to you guys, we try to plug them in with, you know, the right consultants and, you know, the right services or tools that they may need to kind of help their process. Um, and yeah, we, we always take pride in knowing people, people like y'all and because um, it's, it's critical that, you know, you can find forces with people who have the right interests in mind for the client. Um, yeah, because there's, there's definitely those nightmare stories out there. And granted, you know, on top of, of that, you know, the rules and regulations are, are changing, you know, be, behind the scenes daily, it seems like. So um, it's a really interesting space that we're all navigating here, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And to, to expand on that, John, I, I think it's yeah. even harder for the, the clients that we work with because your job, let's say if you're a grower or a processor is in that one section, but you're making short-term decisions that will affect long-term outcomes in the future that sometimes you're not even aware of. And 
it's so it's so challenging in this specific industry with all the moving regulations and obstacles and banking issues. It, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and it just makes it so much more complicated and so much more critical to have a trusted network of people that when you don't know something, you can ask them because it's, it's so crucial in those moments to make those right decisions. So true. It is so true. And that, that is something that we come across too. Um, yeah, I'm sure you guys are seeing all the time as well, but yeah, from a marketing perspective, like, you know, people are making what, you know, branding and certain marketing decisions that, you know, maybe when the brand first started, they didn't think we're going to be so crucial. And now it's like coming to like bite them, uh, whether it be, you know, compliance or packaging issue or, um, whatever it may be. And it seems to apply to every aspect of the industry because we're all just, you know, kind of walking on eggshells here, no matter what area you're actually in. Right. Uh, right. Well said. No, it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely interesting. Um, but so I, I, so I know, um, I won't be, I'm definitely going to share, um, your, you know, I'm going to maybe potentially write a blog or we can work on a, a blog together. Um, I want to share your website with people, but I know folks can find you uh, at the eighthrevolution.com, um, on Instagram, eighth underscore revolution, and then on Twitter, uh, eighth revolution, but with the actual number eight. Uh, and again, I'll share all those in the, uh, the podcast uh, blog, uh, and I'll be sharing that on my personal and business social channels as well. Cool. Um, the yeah. other, the other area I just wanted to kind of share is when yep. we were discussing the the short terms with the long term outcomes. Is yeah. Uh, when, when we first started up, Kellen and I we produce a, it's called an intelligence report, and each month we take a deep dive into both the hemp and cannabis space under various aspects, regulations, um, kind of stock index pricing, marketing, brand strategy, um, trends, and data. And we do this, it's roughly 30, 30 pages. We produce this on a monthly basis. And when we first set out, we were extremely protective about who we shared this with. We only gave it to long-term contractual clients. And during the whole COVID pandemic, Kellen and I sat down and we, we decided that by keeping that information to ourselves, we were hindering others from, from learning from some of these private conversations that we were having with these large players that shared information on details and trends with us that we lightly touch on in the report. So what we decided was we wanted to stick with our motto, which is doing our part to help the industry move forward. And we've made the report free. So you can find it on our website. You can find it in any of our emails. It takes an enormous amount of time from research, from data collection, from analysis, these private conversations, all these reports that we aggregate, we read together, and then try to summarize it so that these individuals operating in these spaces can have a, a trusted informational source so that if they aren't sure that they can check it out, or if they just wanted to get a top level perspective on certain aspects of the industry and weren't sure where to start with all the various publications, we'd say that that newsletter is the best way. It gets delivered to your inbox the first of the month, every month, and it's jam-packed with information, some applying to some and some applying to, to most, but it, it's pick and choose the information and, and hopefully there's multiple parts that kind of help people make long-term successful decisions. Yeah, this, I'm looking at um, the, the August uh, one right now and it's unreal how much great information you guys have in here. Regulations, economic client, industry, uh, general information in the news and technology spotlights. Um, wow, this is this is awesome. You guys are doing this. Yeah, it's a it's Branded super great. I love this design. These designs in here too. Thank you. It's much appreciated. It, it's it's a dive and it's a ton of effort. But I think it's really crucial to us is that 
the origin of that came up one time in our conversations with one of the clients. He said, you guys are just jam packed with information. How do I get this information from the two of you guys on a regular basis without having to call and ask? And Kel and I looked at each other, we're like, huh, that's a good point. We, we can't speak to you know, the multiple clients on an ongoing basis as much as we'd like because from a time standpoint, it's, it's just so challenging. So this oh, report is just a way of just kind of aggregating the endless changes in this space in a monthly summary to, to allow for individuals to kind of pick and choose the parts that are, that are relevant to them in the current moments, but keep an eye on the other areas that, that might be important to you in the future. Wow, this is awesome. Yeah, definitely. And you said that people sign up for your newsletter on, uh, it's just the, for their sign up on the end of your site, they can get access to this? Yep, it, 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 they can sign up anywhere. I can send you over the link for the easy sign up. And uh, we had a lot of people who, who kind of pushed back and said, hey, like 30 pages is amazing, but like I need a little less. So we produce the, uh, the crib notes is what it's called. It's pretty much the, the five biggest takeaways from the month. So it's like the cliff notes stolen from school where you just kind of rip those and, and you're good to go for, for the executive on the go. That's awesome, man. That, that, that's great that you guys are doing this. Oh, I see here the crib. Yeah. The crib notes on page three. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys are legends. This is, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up for this right now, actually. <laughs> Appreciate that. And any feedback, yeah. you know, we're always, we're always <laughs> tweaking it. We're always adding new content. We're always supplementing with new areas. Uh, we got a lot of push for some more information in the manufacturing space from cannabinoids and Kellen's kind of expanding on his experience and the understanding of specific ones on how they're relevant to the market in today's, in today's market and kind of exploring those. So that section comes out in October and I'm really excited for that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely highlight that too. Uh, when I share this podcast with folks, cause they definitely, that's, that's critical that you guys are doing that for the industry. Um, and yeah, well, I, I really appreciate all the info, guys. It's really been a pleasure talking with you. Um, and again, you know, I'll share your website and all, all this valuable information and great things you guys are doing with the with our folks uh, who follow my my podcast and all of our social media. So um, I appreciate the time, guys, and uh, sending sending you guys the best best vibes for the future. Same. Thanks, John. Thanks. Appreciate your time. Appreciate it.